One of the things that we did that was probably the best client win ever was we did a leaflet, a little, little flyer. We were in, I can't remember where we were, we were in Shoreditch somewhere and we did a little flyer advertising for a designer that we just printed mm. and chucked around the local area. And this was back in the day when Twitter had its first kind of UK office. It was just opening a UK office. And someone from, the, from there picked it up and went, oh, this looks cool. Got in touch with us and said, oh, do you want to work with us on some stuff? So, so we, that's how we picked up Twitter as a client. Wow. And, um, because and you were looking for a designer. We were looking for a designer and, and they just happened to be in a coffee yeah. shop. So, you know, do that stuff, get it out there. And, you know, people may just happen upon it. Hello, welcome to Creative Minds episode four. I am joined by Ross Popejoy, who is going to talk to us about his life as a creative director. Welcome. Ross, uh, to kick things off, what I'd love to start with is kind of just an overview of the kind of career Life. today. Where did it start? Where are you now? And then we can kind of dive into a few bits, bits on the, the way. Yeah. So it's been a bit of an in, more of an unusual kind of career path, I would say. So I kind of went through that typical thing at school where, you know, you were kind of okay at art. <laughs> So yeah. they kind of lent on, oh, right, okay. Well, I mean, that's the only thing you're kind of good at, so maybe <laughs> do that a little bit more. So so that was kind of the pathway. I went off and did a foundation course uh, in art, kind of like, you know, before the university thing, um, which was in Bourneville in uh, Birmingham, in the chocolate factory, right? which is amazing. Oh, yeah. And then after that, we kind of, myself and a friend, uh, kind of did an accidental traveling experience around Asia and Australia. Why was it accidental? Well, we meant to go for six weeks and okay. we ended up doing a year. Right. So it, we just kind of kept on extending what, some, it. Some legal issues? No, we just, <laughs> we got there and thought, oh, this is actually quite nice, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, like the, the commute to, to, to work was going like, oh, it's beautiful. It wasn't because a kind of banged up abroad situation. No, no, no. There were, we, maybe not for this, but like we'll have a conversation about some of that stuff uh, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, when I was doing that, I kind of, I suppose, got my, one of my first uh, commercial jobs, doing a branding job for the company we were working for out there and, and did a bit of that. But also I kind of had that time to evaluate what was what was happening. I was due to go back to Leeds Met to do graphic design when we came back. And I kind of got back and I can't really recall the reasons why, but I decided not to do that. And instead I went off, I think I got worried. And so I went off and did um, a combined honours course in business and computing okay. <laughs> instead, yeah. which is a, a little bit left field, with art as kind of a, a, an attachment uh, to it. So it was all a little bit, um, a little bit different. And I just thought that maybe that was a bit of a safer career mm. bet for me. Um, so that's something you kind of thought, or, or was there other? There was parents or other Yeah, I think there was just a lot of environmental factors. I think when you go through that traditional um, education journey, yeah. you kind of go from one to the other. And, you know, even if, oh, I did well in this GCSE, so I'll do that for my A-levels. Not necessarily because I want to do that, mm. but I'm naturally, you know, better at it maybe. Yeah. So I think there was just a moment of reflection maybe when we did that um, Australia um, um, year and it was kind of like, okay, is this the right kind of thing it was a very different time about this is like n late 90s kind of stuff so it was a whole different scene I really wanted to do illustration but got told you just end the only job that you'll have out of this is children's books 
And there's loads of people doing that and that's it. And then there was almost a boom in illustration, in advertising, like that came after that. Um, so, so yeah, so I came back and thought, right, okay, I'm going to do something that's a bit safer potentially and spread bet. And maybe there's a bit of a theme throughout life about that kind of, you know, okay. doing a bit of a spread bet on everything. So I came back, did that. And then the, the other theme is, is like kind of a serendipitous thing that happens. So I ended up getting a job for a company called Triton who do, who make showers, like, you know, the... They're like one of the Spills, biggest. Yeah, yeah rings show, a bell, but yeah. okay. Random, but it was kind yeah. of in the Midlands where I was and my sister was there doing a grad scheme and I went in for some for a summer job there. Mm. So went in there and kind of did some marketing work and kind of got offered a job at the end of the summer for once I'd finished um, my uni degree to go back and just go in and be their marketing exec. I got a bit of a baptism of fire when I, because I went, oh yeah, great, wicked, don't forget to an interview, I'll just yeah. do that, yeah, this is easy. So I went and did that, and like the first day was kind of like, oh hey, this is uh, this is your boss, um, she's going on maternity leave, so you need to go the boss. understand her role, and my, I literally, you know, I was in my dad's suit, it was kind of like never written an email, and uh, and it was like, okay, you're, you're going into the MD, the sales director, and the marketing director is your boss, and I was like, okay. And it was like, and you're in charge of the retail side of the business, which is about 25 million quid's worth. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and the consumer advertising and the wow, PR. And I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> it's like, you're very aware of just met university. And they're like, you'll be fine. You've got a good support network. So I did that while she was on maternity leave. And it was intensely stressful, but really, but it exposed me to a lot of things like really quickly. Um, and I remember like at the end of it, um, she came back and I basically handed my notice in going, I'm so sorry <laughs> what's happened. And like, this is, this is where I'm And she, she was amazing. She just turned around and said, look, you've done the hard bit. You know what you're doing now. And so then she said, well, what we'll do is we'll split the role and I'll support you on some accounts. You take the lead on them and you do the same for me on some of the other accounts. And I'll take that weight back right. off. And she was incredible uh, as a boss, just learned so much uh, from her. And then the next serendipitous move was we had an advertising agency that was in the Midlands um, called Big. And then we worked with them on our consumer campaigns. And then they said, oh, do you fancy coming and working for us? So then I went over there as an account manager in the ad agency. And then through a series of circumstances, very quickly kind of got up to a, a group account director level in there and mm. kind of reached a bit of a ceiling um so it was a bit make like, that sound like it was quick and yeah easy, it was it was pretty and, quick and no and no talent required I'm, <laughs> sure that, well, I'm sure that wasn't the case it was quite yeah again there was circumstances and stuff I, I tended to find myself quite a lot of the time going in and doing a bit of firefighting on certain things as uh, uh certain clients and stuff like that which and is great i enjoyed good, that doing good work yeah i think so yeah there's there's um I have a big thing about people buying risk, you know, and I think that happens a lot in all industries, in particular ours. You know, there's a reason why a client will come to us or come to you because they see your body of work. They believe that you're going to get it done. There's less risk for them on mm. any of those projects. And that was kind of the the same in that agency. It was kind of like, oh, maybe Ross is a bit of a safe pair of hands here or he can help kind of uh, sort situations out. Right. Um, 
so that was really great and it was really good work. They, they're the agency that did WKD back in the day. Okay. Created the brand WKD. Um, well, it's not around anymore. Well, it is, but it was that whole kind of, there was a really Created interesting- Created the category. Yeah, because it was all Bacardi breezers and it was all very targeted towards the female market at that point. And then they went, actually, let's switch this around yeah. and focus on the male audience because the female audience is just going to buy it anyway because they like the taste of it. It's sugary, it's alcoholic. Mm. So they actually did that that switch around and kind of, in essence, grew that brand from that positioning. And we were involved in that account? <laughs> so, yeah, so we everyone would kind of like work across the different accounts uh, depending on what was needed and, and stuff as it kind of went through. And they went on, I wasn't involved in this, but like they went on and did dominoes. They did like the helicopter thing, the first kind of drone delivery back in the day and wow, stuff like okay. that. So they did really nice stuff for, for kind of being an agency outside of London. Um, so yeah, so did that. And I kind of got to a point where I was a bit like, okay, where do I go here? We've kind of stagnated a little bit. Um, and this was kind of late 20s, I suppose, we were at this point. And then myself and a friend from uni, she was a graphic designer, who we were just like going, oh, should we go and set up a, a thing? So we're like, yeah, go on then. So we had like kind of six weeks worth of money, I suppose. So we said, okay, let's move to London and see how we go. We've got six weeks. And if we've run out of money, we need to go and get a job. Um, so we did. So we had an agency called The Late Night Salon. So just, just was there a, what was the actual kind of tipping point of being like, right, this is the time we're going to go. I tend to, our own thing. So I always tended to, when I was younger, think in two-year cycles, I suppose, of anything, of either, uh, well, I'd do it in a one-year cycle of either I'm being promoted, I'm getting a salary increase, or it's time to leave because one of us is doing something wrong. Either the company I'm working for doesn't see me for the effort that I'm putting into this and doesn't value me, or I'm not putting value into that company. Uh, and either way, that's not the right relationship, so it's time to move on. So there was always that kind of drive, I suppose, within me to kind of keep moving and doing it. Mm. And I think that's that kind of where, that was the point with the ad agency where it was, there was no room to go any further. The positions above me were kind of, were kind of taken. You kind of go through some cycles in agencies, you'll know this yourself, uh, where it's kind of like, oh, this project's in, you do it, and then it kind of repeats the next year or it just changes a bit. And once you've kind of gone through a cycle, you kind of go, oh yeah, I've kind of done that. I'm looking for something a bit different. Um, so yeah, so it was just kind of a, a multitude of those different factors really. And yeah, just don't like staying in one place Fair enough. too long. So yeah, so then we just like moved to London and we're just like, right, who do we, do we know anyone? No, not really. I, I left that ad agency with very much, I don't want to take clients. I always hated that right. viewpoint. I always yeah. feel that that kind of stuff does come back to you. It may have been the worst strategic decision I've ever made, but but it was one of those things where it's kind of like, it just didn't feel right with me. So mm. we literally started from a scratch. Clean, a clean break, like going, new city. Hey, yeah, cool. Do you want a business yeah. card designing kind of stuff? Or, or do you want a website? And we'd we'd always kind of be doing stuff. Uh, and was stuff, the focus more on? Anything, anything anyone had. We were literally- But like branding, Anything, Design. website, we did early on, we did um, Jackass was about, and we did like some little um, display ads, interactive display ads for them. We had no idea what we were doing really at that time, but we just stayed up all night, which is part of the reason it's called the Late Night Salon. Okay. Just going for it and seeing what happened. 
Um, we kind of got into a bit of a gaming world off the back of that and did little micro sites for games and stuff. What at this time, so the partner, she was more design side. Well, no, at that point we kind of both did everything. It okay. Was really lovely. It was a really beautiful little world to be in. We'd kind of wake up in the morning, do a little bit of uh, exercise to Buena Vista Social Club. It was like really cool. Yeah. It was like, super nice. And then we would like basically just go, right, what needs to be done today? And we'd both just divide up the work, get on the tools and just do whatever needed to be done. Um, you know, she was a lot more classically trained as a graphic designer because I had done something different at uni. So she'd take the lead on that kind of stuff. And then I'd kind of amassed, you know, lots of client services, strategy skills from my ad agency. And also being client side has been like super valuable mm. to me all the way through my career. Um, so, yeah, but we there's two of us there was work to be done what skills do we need Can't to do it do let's it. just crack on and do it yeah did it feel like okay this is a business that we've started or did it feel you know we're a pair of creative guns for hire let's you know get the work in and do it or did it feel like you were trying to build something bigger so I would say that again, <laughs> like they're not taking clients with you. Think this is the second thing that we should, probably, we should have had a vision and a strategy for why we existed and what we were going to do. We didn't because it was all about can we pay our rent next month? Mm. Like what's available? What's the lowest hanging fruit to allow us to do that? So I think we were we'd always been a little bit bigger than just the two of us because actually a lot of the stuff that we started off doing is quite digital. So we always needed devs involved and like more okay. of a team of people, which were all freelance. But also a lot of the people that we knew at that time also had full-time jobs. They were kind of doing it in their evenings as well. So it's kind of like, again, adding to that kind of late night thing. So yeah, there was no thought into it. There was definitely some drive and direction of what we wanted to achieve, but without any real strategy of how we were going to get there. I think. Yeah, I don't think that's well, just reflecting on, you know, my story of starting Bear Jam, but it's almost that's a bit of a luxury item, isn't it? In I, terms of, oh, let's sit down and create a vision or a strategy. You're just like, I've got to pay the rent. I think there's loads of things and I get it a lot when we go to different events and stuff and people kind of say things like, you know, just pick the clients you want to work for, only do the work that's true to you and all of these beautiful things. And that is a that is a real gift to be able to do that, you know, to be able to be stop, think, decide who you want to work for, decide what kind of work you want to do. Then that's great. But I feel that that is something that, you know, you have to work very, very hard. And then there's a moment in your career, hopefully, where you get that opportunity to do it. But it's not as easy as saying that. On day one. No. I yeah. think it's like you've got bills to pay. Right. How do you do that? If you're very lucky, you've kind of come out of it with a very nice black book or, you know, the right people in the right places and stuff. But if you don't, you've just got to you've got to hustle a little bit. You've kind of just got to see what's out there, you know, and hopefully kind of get those bills paid in the background and yeah. maybe think of those other things a little bit more. Were, were there any projects that you thought, you know, this definitely doesn't sit well. I definitely don't want to be doing more like this. Yeah, we did quite well. We did quite a lot of projects that paid the bills, I suppose, um, with that. But we've always been in a lucky position where we've had clients that we really like personally. And we As get in the individuals rather yeah, than the brands. Yeah, individuals. And we get on really well with okay. them. Um, and they treat us as partners, like um, especially in the business now, Happy Ending. But even back then, we we had that relationship. We worked with a an energy drink called Emerge, which was 
we got involved in a digital pitch for it and they were it was that those times where it's like, I think we need a website. We've got you know a few grand to make a website. So we went above and beyond and went, this is what we think. And they were like, wow, that's wicked. And then I said to the it was a tiny little product that barely was on their register. And it was for a company who were called Cot, who were like a big drinks manufacturer. So they would make everyone else's drinks for them, all the supermarket own label and stuff. And they'd run some little brands themselves. So their biggest one at the time was old Jamaica ginger beer. And then they'd have oh, a few yeah. other little yeah. brands yeah. that they would. And Emerge was a drink that they'd made for the co-op. And then the co-op, I'm pretty sure it was a co-op, co-op said, oh yeah, we don't want it anymore. So like, okay, well, we'll just run it through the wholesale market and it would take along. Um, and I think at the time it was doing something like 3 million quid a year in sales. So, you know, it was there, but it wasn't really a player. And we'd done this little web brief. And then I said to them, look, what's your marketing budget? And it was something horrendous, like 10 grand or 20 grand or something like that uh, for the year. And I went, okay, give me that theoretically. And then I'll come back to you and I'll tell you what I would do with that. Um, so we did that and took them back a plan, a strategy with, you know, and it kind of went all the way down through into the commerce plan and the tactics. And they were like, okay, yeah, cool, let's go. And we used we used a series of different kind of strategies to kind of make us bigger than, than we, we actually were. And the big thing behind that was to actually convince the malts, the large uh, supermarkets, to trial the product. Because we knew that at its price point, people would pick it up, the demographic that we were targeting, but it just needed exposure, it needed to be on shelves. Um, so we did a series of different things that allowed us to do that, that would convince the malts to, to take that on. And then it kind of, then it really took off and we took them through their first TV advertising, sponsorship models, we worked with NME loads and all of these really wonderful things that really amplified them as a brand. And by the time we'd finished, it had gone up to 30 million. Wow. And it was literally from that. Just well, I guess doing... it then became more than the ten or twenty grand. Yeah, exactly. Budget, Each year but, it kind yeah. of grew based on the sales of, of the drink and stuff. And then the other thing that I think is just like super important, and what we try to take to everyone that we work with, is over delivering. Not at the point of like, you know, sacrificing, doing stuff cheaply and stuff, but more we get overly excited about stuff, and it's and look at the opportunities. Going this, you could do this, you could do that. And I feel that by doing that, then we got opportunities on the other brands within there because they're kind of like, oh, look, you've done this over here. Right. What can you do over here? And what can you do over here? So we had, uh, we had a really great relationship with them, doing everything from games conferences through to sampling. We'd run sampling events for them and all sorts of, yeah, crazy things. So you're, I guess at, when you're doing this, you're wearing a lot of hats. All of them. <laughs> like you're the account director. Everything. Account director, the strategy, the now creative director, the sometime designer, illustrator, finance, HR. Yeah. And I guess you're what, drawing up contracts on this side. Yes. And then doing the creative work on the other side. Yes. Running a business. Yes. Paying freelancers. Yes. Not easy. No. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, actually, that we share a studio with down in Cornwall. And um, they've got an agency up in London, but there's three partners there. So they show, uh, this is, so now it's just me that runs Happy Ending. Um, mm. And and they were kind of saying the same thing. It's like, what, do you do everything? And it's like, yeah, we don't have an account handler. Every, everyone, so there's about 20 of us at the moment in the, in the agency. And pretty much everyone else is a creative in some way, shape or form, designer, copywriter. And then it's like, yes, and then I do the other bits. 
Yeah. Kind of okay, we'll get to happy ending. But that blows my mind a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so late night salon. So that was all great. Yeah. And we, we ended up growing that so business. You've grown this business. Huge success. And we ended up, one of the fun things that, um, which kind of will come on to a little bit later as well, is one of the things that we did that was probably the best client win ever was we did a, um, a leaflet, a little, little flyer. We were in, I can't remember where we were, we were in Shoreditch somewhere and we did a little flyer advertising for a designer that we just printed mm. and chucked around the local area. And this was back in the day when Twitter had its first kind of UK office. It was just opening a UK office and someone from, the, from there picked it up and went, oh, this looks cool. Got in touch with us and said, oh, do you want to work with us on some stuff? So, so we, that's how we picked up Twitter as a client. Wow. And, um, because and you were looking for a designer. We were looking for a designer and, and they just happened to be in a coffee yeah. shop. So, you know, do that stuff, get it out there and, you know, people may just happen upon it. Um, so, yeah, and we ended up doing all sorts of them. We did some beauty the, in, in, in getting Twitter on a... On a real on world. A piece of yeah, paper. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No digital at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. The power, the power of print. Um, so, yeah, and we grew then. We did some really interesting projects with them. We did one that was a... Um, but back then they were a really small team. So they had that kind of startup mentality, which was which was brilliant. Um, so they would look at stuff because obviously Twitter has a pretty heavy brand guidelines and it was, no offense, Twitter it was pretty boring. Um, but they would look at stuff that wasn't in there. So they went, well, we don't have any guidelines around illustration. So let's lean really heavily into that. And then that gives us the opportunity. So we made a strategy book for them that was going out to all the agencies. And in essence, it was called Planning for the Moment. And it was about telling people that things come up, but you know about them in advance. So if you just plan for them, then you can kind of piggyback onto those trends that are happening. And it was pretty much all illustrated apart from the body copy. It, all the headlines were illustrated. It was all hand-drawn kind of stuff. So it was really, really different to a lot of the mm. other stuff they were putting out. And um, they... And it's, this is only because them as a client at that moment were okay with going, look, we'll ask for forgiveness later if people have got a problem with it. And they took it into this huge meeting over in the States with all the big C-suite people. And it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> people are going to go, what's this? This is weird. And then they went, this is great. Let's do it in seven languages. Let's get it rolled out across the world. And, stuff. and then we were like, did we hand draw all of those titles? Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was kind of like, oh, no. So, yeah, so projects like that were happening and we'd got to a point where the, the agency had grown in size. We were picking up clients like that. There was a real mix of kind of the, the hardcore kind of work that we were doing um, and then also some really nice projects. We did for Twitter. We did some. They had a, an event on Great Eastern Street and there was the three graffiti walls under the tube carriage. Oh, OK, I know what I mean, yeah. Um, and it was back in the day where you could graffiti the walls <laughs> and we did three giant donut symbols, donuts, like made yeah. of donuts. Um, and they had an event inside their village underground. And is it village underground? And then um, throughout the week, we would just eat the donuts. <laughs> so it's kind of like this living artwork thing. And we did like tweet merch shops for them and design loads of cool merch for them and stuff like that that people could buy with tweets and stuff. So yeah, that was a real, there were some real fun projects that so went what, on there. At, so at that stage, where were you in terms of, kind of creative process and 
you know, you make it sound so we, like we just, it was all kind of we'd established, cool yeah, stuff we'd established some actual kind of process by that point, I suppose, just to manage some of the other clients that we had that were maybe a bit more traditional kind of kind of corporate size clients and the emerge uh, client started to get big. So we needed proper account handlers in to manage that traditionally. There was an awful lot of things happening, loads of different projects happening across that. So yeah, so a lot more process came in, gone were the days of the Buena Vista Social Club and working all night, it was a bit more structured. Uh, and there was, we had our own in-house dev team, we had our own in-house uh, graphic designers and stuff. So yeah, it was a much more kind of like traditional model. Right. Um, and how was that for you? So it was good. It was very, I then at that point, I switched more over to like a CEO role just because the whole business had changed and there needed to be a lot more on that side of things oh, sorry. Um, where we needed to have those kind of high level conversations with clients. They needed it structured. They wanted strategy behind it. They wanted that that level of stuff rather than just creating. Mm. Um and that was okay, but I felt like I started to miss the creative side. So I'd still input on um, creative direction and idea generation and stuff. And I've always been really, really keen on that. Um, but I wouldn't be doing like graphic design work. You know, there was a team of people doing that. And then my business partner, Tori, she would be heading up that um, side of things. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of did that for like seven years, I think we were. Right. And from a kind of... Sounds like you'd like some great work was coming out of the yeah. agency and then that was building the it clients and the success of the clients. Yeah. So what, you know, brief comes in, what, what, what did it look like? It would land on so your it, desk. It would take typically it. land on my desk or if it was an existing client, it would go through like the account management team. And then, yeah, then we would like kind of run with it, do the kind of traditional stuff, really kind of scope it out and do all of that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, we'd feed it in into like a normal, right, it's going into the creative stage kind of do that kind of feedback loop through that. And then if it needed to go into a production stage or we would, you know, if we were doing TV or something like that, we'd kind of get a production company in for us. We do quite a lot of stuff ourselves in in house. And again, that's always been something that's been an underlying thread. And that probably came from us starting off without any money and going, right, we can't afford to outsource this. So we need to learn a new skill Figure real quick. Yeah. And we'll nod to the client going, yeah, no problem at all. We can sort this out for <laughs> yeah. you. Oh my God. How do we do um, Sounds like that was kind of in the... That's in the DNA. In, in, yeah, in the DNA yeah. of the agency. Yeah, and we did a TV ad for um, for Emerging. It was kind of a little stop motion thing of the cans coming to life. So it was, it was born out of... Do you remember the dancing cans from was yeah. it the 90s or 80s, 90s? And we basically recreated them as Emerge, but we made it all ourselves, like the prop building and stuff, and had a couple of fishing wires. <laughs> with the little glasses on and stuff like that and green does it, screen does it, it exist somewhere in on the YouTube? it does exist yeah. somewhere yeah uh, and they were just dancing out. along kind of like to, to whatever was going yeah, on to you it. singing so we literally yeah, <laughs> yeah we literally did yeah. we literally did it all which is kind of crazy and back then we did for Emerge I think we did one of the first I don't know for a fact if it was um, FMCG augmented reality experiences from their can and we'd brokered a deal with um um, a partnership with Warner Brothers for a film called Pacific Rim, which is like big robots yeah. versus monsters kind kind of thing, and um, and we had their robots like smashing out of the can, and then you could control them like a little mini game and stuff, and like take photos wow. and 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 share them and stuff. But that was like super early on um, in any AR development, 
um, kind of stuff. So we were doing some quite interesting stuff, but again, we would kind of keep that dev in house or mm. in a really small select. And a lot of that was driven by um, budget, uh, really, and also our passion to understand how it works. And you can't, I can't sit in front of a client saying, oh yeah, this, and without knowing the exact details of what's going to happen. Might not know it to the level of a dev, but I kind of understand the scope of it. Yeah. And for me, that's always been important so that I can really relay that and have those conversations with clients. There's nothing worse. And I would see it when in, in more traditional sized agencies where you'd have account handlers there going, oh yeah, cool, we'll look at that. And then they'll go back to base and they'll be like, right, we think we're going to do this. And it's like, that's impossible. Like that's just yeah. not within scope. You know, you get it in your stuff, I'm sure, all the time. It's like, oh, we'll sort that out in post. But you're in a position where you go, no, that isn't something. It's yeah. a lot easier and cheaper. I get in a lot shoot. of trouble when I say that. On Let's set. shoot that. Let's <laughs> yeah. shoot that again now yeah. for five minutes rather yeah. than spend three weeks trying to do it and it will look terrible. So, so you think that, you know, I, I feel like a bit of a David and Goliath. You've got traditional agencies, but then you're bit more scrappy we just were kind of killing 100% it 100 percent that yeah and we what, were scrappy yeah what was the secret sauce was it the structure was it the, the passion was it, it the creativity it was the, it was the it was the passion i think to okay. to deliver and the passion to do something and considering we had absolutely no money at that time and we were literally like i remember crying on my best friend in the cheek because i couldn't make rent that month and stuff like that it was like but we would nothing would stop us going we just need to make this different we need to make it the best it can possibly be for our client within their budget and we'll give as much as we can and then that would always take us to that next step mm. where people could, would see that and go okay cool we're going to give you a bit more now um but yeah we just loved it and we still like i still get really excited about creative ideas bringing to life and hopefully the impact that they have as well so we're still in the Midnight salon. So yeah, late night salon. Late night salon. Late night, sorry. baby. And then what? What happened? What? Where next? <laughs> so we sounds like it's all going well. We it was going really well, and then myself and the other business partner. I think we'd a bit like a relationship. It kind of had broken down. We weren't maybe talking. I think we had got roles that had kind of happened, but maybe we hadn't started out from word go saying right, this is what we're going to do, and that lack of that vision and long-term strategy of actually what, where we want to go. So had had the two of you ever at this stage sat down and said, what We'd do we want from ourselves? What do we want from the business? Where are we going? Yeah, we had, but I think it had been done quite lightly and then you kind of leave that meeting or wherever it is and kind of get on with the doing. And then three months later... You Back go, in the weeds as well. Yeah, let's go and have a little chat about this again. Oh, nothing's changed and stuff. Like it genuinely is like a relationship. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you go, right, do you know what? maybe neither of us are really enjoying this that much you know we'd gotten into we'd shifted from that wonderful even though we were working incredibly hard kind of almost party atmosphere and the excitement of it when it first started to now kind of like ticking boxes we had a team they come with cost so then you have to do certain work to make sure that you're kind of getting that revenue in and you kind of get into that place and it's kind of like okay cool i just don't think we're enjoying this anymore and we just had a conversation about it. And we told the team and everyone's going, what do you mean? And everyone else around is going, what do you mean? Like you're you're kind of flying. You've just, you've put all this work in and, and you're just getting all these like big brands and doing so, really so interesting you, stuff. You had the conversation, the outcome is we're Let's breaking it up, it. Yeah. calling it a day. Yeah, and neither of us really had the money to kind of like buy the other one out, that right. kind of thing. So we just said, Let, let's just, we'll just shut it. So we just, we we kind of, 
made sure that we stayed open long enough to make sure the clients that we did have were right. went elsewhere. You know, had a nice yeah. handover with other people. We made sure that everybody that worked for us, we kept it going until they got new jobs in different places and stuff like that. And then we just kind of closed it. Closed yeah. it down. <laughs> it's great. I mean, how? Um, so, what year was that? So that was uh, 2014. Right, and it had been going for... Seven years, seven yes. Years. We started 2007. So that's a long time. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, that's seven years of waking up every morning thinking about the business, yeah. the work. Yeah, the delivery yeah, and, the and all of those. Yeah, we kind of matured quite a lot, I would say, in that seven years. And had a lot of fun. We used to, when Enemy was there, we'd go to the awards ceremony and Dave Grohl would be like doing guitar solos on the table next to you and stuff wow. like that. It yeah. was like, there was a lot of fun that we had in that time as well. Mm. And I think, yeah, I suppose the more grown up it got and the more serious it got and there has to be an element of money that kind of comes into that to kind of keep it going. It, it lost feels, its enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, it feels like an incredibly brave decision. Like when you oh yeah look back on it now, how do you reflect on it? Yeah, I think it was <laughs> part stupid, part the right thing to do. I think I just bought a house as well at that time, like my first like house and stuff. So probably very stupid. Um, but there's no point carrying on if you both have like kind of like lost your heart because it's just going to go one way. And I also think that's the same with a client uh, agency relationship as well. If there's a problem, you've tried to fix it or you've tried to, you know, there's something that's not right. If you just keep going, it just gets worse. It's much better to kind of go, do you know what? We're just not right for each other at this time. Let's move away. And we'd kind of got to that point going, look, we're not enjoying this. Mm. So let's just kind of call it a day before it gets bad. Yeah. Um, so, Amazing, yeah. So, yeah. So we did that. And then, like, but I had a more... Yeah, like, really respect that because I, I can imagine it would have been a very difficult decision. You must feel you're carrying a lot in terms of employees and Huge, all, these, yeah, yeah, all yeah. these things to yeah, kind yeah. of cool the whole thing up. And for no other reason than the, the, the two of us were right. of, it just, yeah, we just kind of ran its course and we did, we tried to put it back on track. But, you know, now if I was the person I am now back then, we probably would have tried some other things out and maybe took us out of the equation a little bit more. Okay. And maybe in brought, brought in, in some other people. Yeah, brought in some more senior teams and stuff. But there's always a finance balance with that stuff. You know this as well, right? You kind of, great, we'll get some senior, but they come with a hefty price tag. Mm. So then you kind of back into, right now we've kind of got to bring that revenue back in to, to make sure we're covering that. We always had a real long-term viewpoint on um, salaries as well. We was like lots in the business. We were just overly cautious, kind of like from those scrappy first days and not being able to pay the rent. We then became really like, right, we want to make sure we've got a long period just in case all of the work stops tomorrow. We don't want to have to then talk, tell people to go. So the bigger that amount goes with those senior people, the scarier that is as well. And yeah, I think we just lost the love was the main thing yeah. for it. Okay, so new chapter. New chapter. Turning over the new leaf. Mortgage payment comes in. It's like, <laughs> what have we done? This is ridiculously stupid. Why are we doing that? Um, and on the personal side, where so where are you up to? So I just bought a house yeah. in East London. Um, uh, recently married. Okay. Going through that kind of journey. So, yeah. 
stupid time to do anything. Yeah. To, but I also think that those moments happen. There's always, you've probably had it yourself. There's certain moments where those things are the point where it's kind of like, oh, right, we're doing this. So there's a big decision that happens at the same time because it's a big critical time in your life for change. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of probably married at the same time. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So now it's kind of like, okay, cool. Well, we had an agency last week. We don't have one this week. We've decided that we were going to let go of the clients, you know, and just make sure they were looked after. But, you know, equally, you know, we probably weren't really going to continue with the work. We stupidly said, I don't know why we did this. We weren't going to use any of the back the work that we'd created as well as a starting portfolio. So like on the Monday, it was like, right, I've got absolutely no work to show. Um, I had no personal design work or anything because I'd gone off any of that kind of stuff. So it was li- you can't really talk about mm. strategy on a website or anything. <laughs> you, you can, but it's not the most compelling thing in the world. So then, yeah, so then it all started again, basically, from scratch um, in 2014 for me. Um, we called the agency Happy Ending. So who's we? So we is just how I describe the agency, because <laughs> I hate saying, yeah. I call, I call, yeah, it's no, just I, a horrible thing you probably yeah. do. It all the time. So, uh, so yeah, so we called the agency Happy Ending. Which and is a brilliant name. Let's hear the... It's multifaceted, I like to think. Yeah. So, <laughs> the giggles in the um, It is, one, it is designed to uh, create a bit of impact, which we've seen and it happens. You, you say happy ending to somebody, especially somebody in a big office or something, and who's maybe a PA or somebody in passing a message on. And it's like, what? Has someone got a happy ending on the phone to you? What's been going on? Um, it even happened to my mortgage advisor recently, <laughs> which was quite funny. <laughs> um, so, so, so there's an element of that, and that that's just about kind of getting um, that to stick, right? It kind of like hangs there, and it's kind of uh, it drives a bit deeper because it causes a conversation, and then you're instilling uh, something extra. So that's part of it. The second part of it was around um, client identification on a personal level. So I'll say happy ending to some people like yourself and you may take it one way mm. i'm not going to presume which way you take that um and then other people go oh wow that's so cute like fairy tales and stuff like that and then instantly i know what level i'm on with them i can kind of go okay cool i know yeah where, okay. we, where we lie here i get a snapshot Gage, of the person yeah. yeah instantly and then there was a serious reason behind it which i suppose it kind of stemmed from my client side stuff where it was around delivery mm. And actually we worked with so many people who were so busy and they would do stuff and it would never get properly interrogated. It would never get properly measured and decisions would then not come from that. So it should be like, we did this project. Did it work? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. So we should just amplify it, right? So if you want to increase those results or no, it didn't work. Okay. What are the learnings from that? Okay. Let's make sure we don't do that. And maybe we do a total juxtaposition to what we were doing to see if then that works. But it was trying to get across to clients. It's really important to kind of have that feedback with the agency as well and to make some decisions about is this good work? Is this working work Mm. as opposed to just being pretty work? Yeah. Um, And making sure that there was time in people's schedules to really do that rather than like, oh, yeah, but I've got another brief for you. So, okay, cool. What happened with the last one? Did. Yeah, we delivered it. Yeah, that's it, right? It's so much like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the things that we've made and I, I'm quite active on telling clients not to do work. So a lot of the time I'll go, I do not think you'll do, I do not think you should do this. I think you should save that budget, put it on your Christmas party. It will do much more for your business 
there and staff morale or bonuses or whatever you want to do to it than us making this video yeah. that 30 people are going to watch. I oh, know, they should probably do the video. They should 100% yeah. do the video, but with Part you, the print, yeah. and then like, you know, millions <laughs> will watch it as supposed yeah. to be. Um, so yeah, so, there's, so I'm a big, big advocate of that, and a lot of that is dr driven to... Well, it builds trust if you're... Yeah, and it's just pointless. If you're so, not selling because it's the right thing to do, yeah. the right outcome for the yeah. client, then they're just like... Yeah, and our, our, one of our, in like... Is it a value? I don't know. One of one of the things that we kind of really focus on is to get our clients promoted. So that's like a real focus point for us because if we can get our client promoted, they're doing well. So if you can do some work that makes them look yeah. brilliant, yeah, it's good for everybody. Exactly. It's good okay. for the it's good for the brand. Yeah, that, it's yeah. good for them personally. It's then good for a broader ecosystem yeah. within that brand. Again, Everyone who, has a happy ending. Everybody gets a happy ending. Yeah. So so yeah. So we kind of try to instill that, and a lot of that will be around you know some results driven work. It doesn't have to be dry, but it's just you know let's make sure we we're, we're doing stuff that's active. achieving a business objective. Exactly, or... Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there's the name. So that's its kind of like uh, its foundations. So so. Closed, closed one agency yep. on the Monday. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right, job one, I need a name. Yeah, Let's job one, need clients. a name, register that. Yeah. Okay, job two, call up some people yeah. and see if anybody needs any work. We did a lot of, at that time, we did a lot of work that was, um, that we would create without briefs because we didn't have any. <laughs> so, and we'd kind of right, okay. go so just to doing people. Stuff. Yeah, lots of spec work. And we just go, look, we did this. We thought you might like it. What do you think? 98% of that stuff doesn't work or land. Um, one of the times that it did land was we did some with a friend of ours called Dolly, who's an incredible illustrator. And we worked together to try and get this off the ground where um, he did some posters around Planet Earth 2 when that was out. Oh, yeah. And they were really nice. And then I just presented them to the ECD of BBC at the time. Was How like, did you get that meeting? I just found him on the internet and just basically cold messaged him and said, mate, these think they're nice. What do you reckon? What, and just attached to an email? Basically. And what do you think? Yeah. And he went, yeah, I like him. Uh, and he's the only person that's ever done this to me. He said, make the logo smaller, though. It detracts from the illustration. I was like, sweet. And he goes, we'll run him. And, and I was wow. like, okay, sweet. So that was how we kind of got BBC uh, as a client. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only time that's worked for me. Yeah. So we were doing quite a lot of that kind of work. We were doing quite a lot of film stuff, like film postery work and, and stuff at that time. So why did you decide, if you'd gone doing speculative stuff, I mean, obviously BBC, stellar client to work with. Yeah. What was it that you thought, yo, Planet Earth 2, that's, so that's it was, the one. Let's it go was, after that. That one was me and Taylor were having a conversation. He was just watching it and he was just starting to sketch. And I was like, cool, let's make this something and let me try and get it get it in Yeah. Um, for that. So sometimes it's pure creative idea-led stuff. Mm. And it's like, that's a nice thought. Let's try and get it live. And then sometimes it will be contacts. And it's like, I know somebody out here. Let's think about what might work for them. And let's just get it as a talk about. We don't have a brief, right? So we know we don't know the ecosystem. We don't know all the other things that a brief does. Um, but what we do know is what the world is seeing, and we can also interpret that and show. Look, we think we know your brand from an outward perspective. We'd love to know it from an inward perspective mm. and take it forward. I guess from the back catalogue of work and understanding how clients and businesses work, 
you can probably fill in a few blanks of a brief. It's not, you know, I think it's, it's good advice to people to, you know, do something speculatively, have a go, create something for a brand you like, you know, whether it's a little ad or a, uh, a poster for a film, whatever. I think there is, I think it's good, it's good advice to kind of challenge people to do that. Yeah. This... What they might not have is that experience of, I want, the inherent experience of what does this thing then need to actually do? Yeah. Um, and I guess, although you're doing it speculatively, you kind of must have known, I imagine this is what the BBC need this thing to do. Yeah, and and we would always kind of then go on and I, I would naturally kind of go, okay, then, then you do this with this, then you do this with this, and then there's some opportunities over here to be able to do this. So it's not like just here's a thing. It's like, how does that run? thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that, how is that campaignable? How does that kind of come to life in other places? How does that create headlines for you? How I'm assuming that these might be some objectives that you're trying to do, and this is how I would see this piece of activity delivering on those objectives. Um, so yeah, I would always, and that is from that client side experience, that advertising agency kind of experience kind of coming into that and mm. understanding what people need as well. And also how it gets justified from a budget point of view as well. Um, yeah, but that that feels like you know maybe superpowers slightly overselling it, but that that experience on the creative side, the account management side, strategy thrown in, like that is a very strong asset that you within yeah. you, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I've I've always been that kind of person, and even now, you know, it's we'll have a. <laughs> tomorrow at the studio we've got you know the seniors um and we're having a creative brainstorm around something and then we're doing a strategy meeting but i'll be the one that will be in both of those for the same, those. same brand different projects. so for the same brand and internal stuff as well but then different people will kind of come in depending on what their superpowers are i suppose you know and it's kind of like yeah being able to think in that business analytical mind and what we're trying to do and trying to achieve but then also with the creative idea concept and even delivery is a really handy tool to have i used to go into client meetings and i'd present work and sometimes you get it where they're like no yeah no no we're not feeling that and i'll be like okay cool and you know it's the traditional you go through the teams and do all that and you're like Ta -da! and they're like no i don't think that's right i think you've got that wrong and we're like going, okay but then i would be there going right okay how about this and i would scamp stuff and do idea generation on the spot mm. and that i think for me at that moment that's what they love they were like great ross you can do this and you can do that so that's what we want we want it here and we want it now and idea generation happening rather than okay let me take it back brief it back in go through traffic put it through the creative teams who were too overloaded anyway and then mm. i'll bring it back to you in a week and Still it may right. or may not yeah. be right because they aren't picking up the nuances of that little meeting or you know the tiny little things whereas i'm kind of like i know your business i speak to you every day i understand little bits that aren't in the brief that you've told me you know over time and and I can also like generate ideas and scamp them up for you yeah. as well. So it was kind of like, yeah, that was that in that particular moment in time was uh, definitely like a superpower to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and weirdly, back in that agency time, I almost got treated like a little SBU within the agency. And it's just like, okay, cool, these What's are your this? numbers. What's that? Like a little business unit. Okay. Within it, and it's like, they're your numbers. Make your numbers. We'll leave you alone, kind of stuff. So it's like, right. great, let's let's make that happen. So yeah, and then that's kind of always been the 
the DNA, I suppose, of where we are now um, is as happy ending in terms of the work that we do. We love working with the BBC. We've got a really strong relationship with them now and we've grown from doing like a little poster to we just did their uh, visual the identity design system, TV ads for the cricket. Amazing work. Which yeah. was great and fun, quite intense. But And that was our first kind of job across editorial and marketing for yeah. the BBC. Yeah, Normally, I mean, it looks, it looks amazing. Yeah, it was really, really cool but a pure collaborative approach right one of those dreams where you've just got an amazing client you're both kind of adding value to it and it's moving at a pace they right. always move at quite a pace because they've got so they've got really tight deadlines on stuff so what that's the in-house creatives that's so that's bbc, BBC. creative okay. yeah and like there's editorial team marketing teams everybody kind mm. of chipped in when they needed to so just rem so we're you know that was eight nine years ago yeah the the kind of beginning of happy ending we're now yeah. today yeah just jumping those years to um and i know a lot's happened um including a move from london yeah down to cornwall and we'll get we'll talk about that but just whilst that bbc job has come up i'd love to just hear you talk about your the agency's process of okay guys we've got a brief what how, what are we what are we going to do for this one? So typically, typically, kind of like when we get a brief in, I suppose you <laughs> there's a variety of different briefs that you get. <laughs> so so you'd work with the BBC. Was it competitive? Did you did they come to you? They wanted to work with you, or was it out for a bit of a tender pitch with the cricket stuff? Yeah. So no, that was we've built a rep, well we've built a, a kind of a reputation within that within that team. So we do the Six Nations for them each year now with their TVC stuff and art direction. We built some art direction for them around the American football when they were covering uh, that the NFL um, stuff, the London games that they were doing. So we've kind of got a bit of a history along with that. They came to us originally with um, with us to make a, a TVC for them for the cricket mm. that was the original ask and we'd we'd threw a few roots um at them they picked the one that it was and then it actually then went oh actually we think this can be a full identity like for cricket for the next few years so can you do that now so we were kind of then like managing both of those at the same okay. time um, so just back a step you said you so you kind of threw a few ideas for that ad. So what 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 does that process look like? So we'll kind of get a briefing from from those guys. They'll then we it depends. Sometimes they'll be going again. This is what we think it should be from an art direction point of view. Um, or they might just go, look, this is the brief. This is what we're trying to achieve, audience wise, and and all of that kind of stuff. What do you think? And then we'll kind of go, okay, cool. We'll go off, do our research um, around it. We'll kind of, so for cricket, it was one of those where there's a real traditional audience in there, you know, <laughs> you can imagine them. Yeah. Um, and then, but they were kind of- gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, of a certain year. Um, very traditional, very into it kind of stuff, you know, they'll, they'll bleed cricket kind of people. But their part of their remit, being a broadcaster, public service broadcaster, is to kind of make sure it's open for everyone. So they're like, we want to try and kind of encourage, you know, that younger demographic, maybe to try it out and showcase it to them as well. And that's kind of, so in that particular route, that's what we were trying to balance. So 
loud, bright RGB color palette um, with this quite aggressive um, kind of styling, lots of mono type in there. But then at its heart and within its DNA is this cricket scoring system for the diehards. And it's like, really, I don't know if you know cricket, it's quite a complicated yeah. scoring system. So that was for them. You know, they're going to watch it anyway. But if they do see this and they see those little icons going around, they'll be like, oh, yes, I know. That's my world. I know that. That younger audience won't. It would just be a graphical element to them. Mm. But they'll be a lot more attracted to its pace and the animation style and the other graphical elements to it as well. So, so that's how, how did you arrive at that as a creative route? So for us, we kind of then drill down. I suppose we will always start with audience and we'll always start with um, having a strong DNA we aren't, nothing we do, I hope, is just, this looks nice. It will always have a purpose to be in there. So mm. we'll always work off a DNA core and then we'll build on top of that. And um, we sometimes have clients who just want something and they're just like, oh, just do this for us. And it's kind of, okay, cool. But we can't do that because we need to take it a step back and build some DNA into this. And the main reason for that is it just makes everything else a lot easier so that you can, if it's... so well, once, once you've cracked that... Once you've cracked the, that, the, the then you can do outdoor, being, you can do socials easily, you can actually... Mean, yeah. And it moves it away from the graphical language to kind of, you know, other things, you know, whether it's written word or, or, or lots of other kind of areas. It's not just a print. It's like if you do a logo for someone, it's a stamp, but it's like if there isn't an essence of something in there, then it's really hard to build out an additional language beyond it. And if you can't build out that additional language, you're just left with a stamp on stuff mm. that doesn't resonate with anyone at all. And it actually makes it really hard to do other things. Like, oh, now we need to do it on packaging. It's like, well, you've got a stamp in a corner. But because it's just a little graphic-y thing, it doesn't have any essence to it. There's no DNA in there. It makes the next bit really hard. Whereas if it's got some DNA in it, then it's kind of like, okay, cool. It triggers thought processes. They go, oh, we could do this or this or this. This is over here. But that still links back to that. And it gives you a world to play with rather than just a tiny little object. It sounds like there's always, you know, you're always thinking, always ticking over. When there is a a block, creative block, yep. have you got, like, what's your, what's your kind of solution for that? I just kind of get really into the creative again. So, like, for example, now I haven't... And you force yourself to. Yeah, and I just try to immerse myself more in the world. So a lot of the time, especially at the moment, I'm here there everywhere having all sorts of conversations and stuff but i will then try and go right okay i really need to open up procreate photoshop illustrator or whatever and almost just sit there and whether i focus on something specific or i just play then then i kind of get back into it and i suppose my always my ideas happen in the shower and bedtime kind of stuff well, the tube's really good for me as well um, where you can kind of um, there's something about the shower you just I'm zone out everything yeah. gets zoned out yeah. and it just you just let it kind of go and I'll always have little things in there as thought starters and I've got a ream of notes and notes of just little like tiny little ideas some are really like executional some are like deep strategy kind of big world kind of things um, and I just yeah kind of play with them I suppose a lot in yeah. my head and then physically um you know from design elements and stuff we've got one really nice thing that we try to do so our logo is a smile and a full stop like happy ending mm. that's as 
basic as I could get it, you know, stripped back from everything else. Um, but because they're quite simplistic shapes, they allow us to play with them. So we do quite a lot internally for, you know, T-shirt graphics, utilizing them, or, or, or we might chuck some stuff in Cinema 4D, or we use it as a poster brief and stuff like that. And just being able to almost forget about anything bigger then allows your brain to relax a little bit and you just kind of just go with it and then, you know, accidents happen or you do something that's quite nice and then that could be the thought of something further down the line or it might work in something right now. So, yeah, just kind of giving your brain that space not to think. And what about, like, giving that, giving the team's brain space? Is yeah. that something that... You know, you're you're running a business. It needs yeah. to be commercial. You can't have people sat around. You can't doodling and playing, but it's an important part of yeah. being creative. Yeah. How do you balance that? So it's so it's a it's a bit of a fine line, but we we try to. So a lot of the times, that's where we'll use this happy ending kind of logo as a bit of a cool, and it might just be an R and D thing. It's like cool. This is someone's seen something and they just go, this is cool. Like. For instance, recently, the new Procreate animation software has been announced, Dreams, I think it is. And like, you know, all of our WhatsApps and everything are like, whoa, this right. looks fun. So I don't know what that is. Sounds like I should do. So it's like, uh, you know, Procreate. No. Uh, so Procreate's uh, like a drawing application okay. on the iPad. Right. And they've created, they're launching an animation version of that next okay. month. That's there to like really help uh, like cell frame animation and stuff. So our WhatsApp lights up and everyone's kind of like, oh, this is so cool, this is cool. So that will be like, cool, we need to find a reason to play with this see, yeah. uh, for that. And that'll be across everyone. We used to have a thing called Creative Fridays and depending on how busy we get, depends on whether they happen or not. We did one the other day actually, which was nice. And we kind of have a time limit. And again, there's a, I find there's a huge thing, especially with some of the junior creatives coming in around that commerciality and the timing. And it's like, oh, cool, you have three months to do a nice visual identity. It's like, no, we got three weeks. And actually getting people up to speed on that is super important. Um, and being a, it's not the right way to work, but it's the way that the world is. So mm. then it's kind of trying to understand. And some of those things like that DNA foundation is kind of like, right, don't don't just go off and create stuff and go, oh, this was quite nice. And then this, if you don't have that, because that should inform that. And that also means that we can go back and say, is this good? Because if this is good, then this stuff should be good. And then, oh, that one's good. That one's maybe going in the wrong direction, but you can always kind of come back to that. So there's little things like that that will always that will help people get there quicker. Mm. Um, whereas I think if you're left just to play too much, it never ends, right? Because it's never finished. Yeah, and you can go down rabbit total holes rabbit and holes and days and later. And so I didn't really do anything, but I've, yeah. I've been looking at loads of stuff, and it's like, okay, cool. Well, no one's won there. Um, so we were like, even if we're doing these little sprints on the Creative Fridays, it'd be like, cool, you've got a day to make a poster. This is the brief. You've got this much flexibility in it, but we do want to see a finished piece by the end of the day. Hmm. Crack on. If you need help, we're here. Shout. We, if you're struggling with something, then we can give you a little bit of a thought starter or something to go in. And that'll be on the senior team um, for that. But I'll always say as well, um, it's always my fault. It's I'm it, right? I'm the kind of reason if we fail on a job because I've either, you know, I'm working with the wrong people for that job or I'm not supporting them enough or I haven't given them the right brief. You know, it's always the book stops with me. So, yeah, I don't think I would ever put pressure on any of our 
creatives to perform to a thing. Um, and the other thing that we tend to do is always over uh, resource, again, not great business strategy, on a project just to give us that flexibility of if someone's not having a great day, head's not in it or whatever, you're not creating a stress point at the end of it. So like, say we've got three days to do three routes or whatever for, for a job that kind of comes in, I'll put a few designers on it right. just in case. You never know what's happening with people, uh, you know. So yeah, and then that means that no one's under horrendous pressure. Right, or, and then you can combine. And then we'll kind of go through and go, okay, this, these are the ones that we're gonna put, put forward for, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's always a challenge when you're, when the agency's busy, but then you've got to kind of come up with, you know, answer a brief, work on a pitch, no one's got the time, and you can, you know, right, you're the least busy, you do this. But you might not it's be the right pressure. person for it, yeah. Yeah, might not be the best person, perhaps needs a bit of collaboration, and then perhaps if the output isn't very good, you think, oh, we're probably not gonna win this because we've not been able to put everything into it. Yeah. What was the point in trying? Yeah. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it, to get yeah. that balance of resource right Yeah. versus, you know, do we go all in because we want it and perhaps have to sacrifice something else? Or let's just focus on what we've got here and then we're not focusing on the new business. Yeah, and we don't we don't do new business as a thing. Again, maybe not a great I love that. So strategy. You don't, so, just so we have all of our focus on our existing clients. And again, having worked in agencies where there's that cycle. So where does the like new business come from? Pitch teams from recommendations from okay. our existing clients, typically. Because the happy ending website. Yeah, doesn't exist really. Doesn't exist, no, does it? no because we don't have time to yeah. make one. I found an old blackboard from about seven years ago the other day with do websites <laughs> and a few other things on it that still haven't happened. So, yeah. so that's because you haven't got time to do it. Yeah. Or is it because I was like, oh, that's, I wonder why Ross has done that. Maybe it's kind of it's a bit of elusive, nope. quite mysterious. Nope. <laughs> like I know they do good work. Yeah, but, but, but this, you know, this isn't telling me anything. I've Googled happy ending and yeah. I've gone in a weird. And I've <laughs> gone into a total different, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would be us. We're like, we should do a website. Oh, why don't we do a fake brothel website? That'd be fun. <laughs> and then you're kind of like, okay, cool. <laughs> and, but yeah, so no, we just don't have time for that at the moment. Um, we very, very much focus on working with our clients, mm. delivering for them. And typically, and yeah, this is something that you'll know, like working with larger clients, there's lots of other opportunity. So we work with Adobe uh, a lot on, on a lot of their stuff. But once you deliver for one team in there, then you naturally get an introduction into mm -hmm. another team because you've been shared internally or the work's been shared internally. So we'd much prefer to be putting that yeah. effort in. And it's the same with the BBC stuff. So we were working with the BBC creative team, got a great relationship with them, and then that's now crossed over into the editorial team. So it's just that natural sharing mm. internally with those guys. Um, and then equally, we'll get, yeah, we get recommendations from our clients to their network. If someone says, oh, we're looking for a new agency to do this or do that, then that's typically where our work comes from. We don't do any. Do, do you find that you've got to a nice sweet spot in terms of, you know, there's enough work coming in through the referrals, but yet you're not having, and you've, you know, got the team in place to service it and to be, you know, doing good, interesting work, but you've not got a horrendous pressure of, oh, we've got all these mouths to feed and we've got to. There's, we, we've got to churn it. Yeah, we're in a lucky position on some of our work at the moment that it's kind of a bit more long term. 
whereas typically our stuff will be really short term. I think, you know, the agency model has changed quite a lot, especially in our world, maybe less so in yours, but a lot of our stuff would be, you know, you could get a retainer down for a year and have a commitment of some finance mm. for it. And how that kind of gets diced up throughout the year is, you know, you kind of do that as you go. But that would be cool. We know that we've got a year's worth of money coming in that's going to look after everyone's salaries in essence. Where that's kind of stopped and now it's very much project-based mm. um, kind of work that we will do. So I think there's always that worry. And I think when you've started something, there's always a worry that it's going to end next month. And it's like, oh my God. So there's always that fear of not saying yes to everything. But equally that yeah. gets you into trouble sometimes as well. So being able to step away from some stuff and go, do you know what? I just think we're going to overstretch ourselves here. We want to keep talking to you, but we want to add value to your business, not add stress. And there may be someone else that can do that for us, for you at this moment, I think is like an important. But again, it is privilege. It is because you have the ability to say no to some work instead of going, we need that money in to pay for the office space this month or something. So, yeah, we're in a... We're in a lucky position at the moment that we've got a bit of that privilege to be able to make those decisions. And I do think that when you've got that, then better things come from that. But it's taken us a long time to yeah, get Yeah, it, 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 what's really nice to us, it feels that, and I know we've not really talked about the move from London to Cornwall, um, but it feels that you've kind of got this, well, the agency's got a confidence that is you know a passion for the work doing good work and a, just a sort of confidence confidence in yourself with that and i guess in a way that that's reassuring to clients you're not peddling stuff just for the sake of it giving them value and advice and also great work yeah that sounds like I think a really so. nice place to be and we look and we also like to do it to other agencies and people as well like we've got we've got some friends who are running an agency and I saw one of their um, TV spots come up and then something else happened and I was like, oh, that's quite a nice idea. So I just messaged him and said, mate, I've seen this, you know, love what you did with it. Oh, I just saw this, I think this could be a cute idea. And I'd send that to them. I don't care, you know, it's their gig. Mm. And then they tried to kind of get that agreed with the client and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, if you've kind of got that passion and the ideas drive your creative good stuff will come they'll send me something in the future i like to think or whatever you know something will happen that kind of makes that work a bit of creative karma yeah a little bit of creative karma yeah, yeah absolutely um and i think if you're do if you've got the ability to do that for clients it's not just about we want to earn money off you and there are agencies out there that are doing that whether that's out of design or because they're owned by a bigger company or they're listed or whatever you know there's sometimes always that finance pressure that's not us. Mm. We want to make enough money so that we can live <laughs> kind of stuff, you know. Um, but equally, we just want to make the right thing for them because that's the only way we'll kind of get a second job with them in reality. And we want to keep doing that. And, you know, if we've got an idea, we want to make sure that it's fulfilled properly. And if that means we have to do a bit more work, then we're prepared to do that. Good for you. Right. I think that's probably our time, Ross. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I've not asked any questions <laughs> at all. Just Quick fire. Short answers only. Best piece of advice you've been given? Steal clients from the previous agency that you worked for. Although I didn't take that. But yeah, I would say. Best piece of advice you'd, you'd give? Depends on who it's to. If it's Someone due, looking to start their own thing. I would say, I don't know, it's a really hard journey. 
maybe look for someone else to kind of take some of that burden as well, whether that's an investor, someone who's seasoned in, in the field or a business partner. Where'd you go for inspiration? Outside, whether it's in London or in the countryside now, typically. What you're most proud of that you've done? I really like the BBC cricket stuff that we did recently. Yeah. And the reason why is because I had very little to do with it. So it was like one of the first projects where some of our senior creatives had just kind of run with it. And I'd had the confidence and comfort in myself to not be too involved in it. Great. So that makes me feel... Did the interview for Design Week though. Yeah, interview for Design Week. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's basically my idea. <laughs> I drew the little squares yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that that was a real nice yeah, moment there. Yeah. But I think also any time that we get a, a, for me, any time that we get a big client on board, then I kind of feel proud again of the agency because it's like, oh, cool, they trust us. And they must be, they must be seeing something within us that yeah. kind of does that. So I think that's a really nice place to be. Okay, final question. Best piece of work that you pitched that never got made? Oh, loads of these. Um, one of them changing Twitter to Titter for breast cancer awareness, I think would just have been like, you wouldn't even have to have changed Twitter because you don't ever see the word Twitter anyway. It's just a concept yeah. kind of thing. Um, anything that's kind of got a really simplistic idea, I would say from that. Right, that is it. Amazing. Ross, you've been brilliant. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much for coming on. Thank um, you. Sharing all your insights and hopefully the conversation will inspire some people to start their own yeah, agency. Absolutely, it's yeah, it's a journey. Just be brave, have lots of energy about it and kind of do all the things for the right reasons, I suppose. And over-deliver. Over-deliver, value yourself as well at the same time. However, that sits. Great, I've got one more question. Okay. Quick fire. Worst piece of client feedback you've ever received? Can you make the white whiter? <laughs> I think it's probably up there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note... Cut. Thank you very much. <laughs> Can you, is that a real one? Yeah, yeah. Can you make the white lighter? Yeah, yeah.